Welcome back to uh, Rosenballs here. Um, and, you know, we're just going to be talking about <clears throat> a, a, a kind of a touch-up on the draft. There's going to be a lot of draft focus. And if you don't like the draft, then, then you're in the wrong pod. Um, over the next couple of weeks, you know, rumors, who's going to move up, what's going on there. Uh, and, and all that. So, And then, obviously, I want to talk about the conference finals. Both teams played game ones. We could get a, a, a read. There's this notion that you got to wait till game one. It's a fielder game, what have you. And, and we could get right to it. I'm actually going to start with the conference finals, um, which is, you know, usually a rarity. But So, what's more fresh is Dallas Gold State, obviously. Uh, Dallas gets spanked in game one. And look, this is going to be—is this going to be a talent series or or, or what have you? I, I do think there's this notion that Dallas uh, exposed a few teams on their road, and they got a good—you uh, know—they got great matchups going in. You know, I don't know if Dallas beats like Memphis in a, in a seven-game series, and I even think if they play Minnesota, it would be tough. Uh, but I do think they lucked out playing the Utah Jazz, and. Phoenix Suns in back-to-back series, right? This happens all the time in the NBA. Um, the Utah Jazz, you know, Danny Ainge taking over. I think a lot of players there, especially with Joe Inglis, moved earlier because of his uh, injury. New, like, that that sort of unit ran its course. I think for the Jazz, last year was probably their best shot. Uh, and then Connolly getting her not opportune, and then you have the Mitchell Gobert. It's weird, right? I don't. Do they hate each other? Do they not? Right? Um, and they kind of like maxed out a little bit. They have no assets. There's no war chest there. There's no way they can move future picks. And you know their best young assets like Trent Forrest. That's not going to get it done. You know in the NBA, you got to keep replenishing your your war chest of assets because if if you want to make a run at contention or you have guys that that pan out. Um, you could then use them in a deal to to make that run. And in Utah's case, they just kept on, you know, losing ass, losing asses. They kind of went all in. Their all in was Mike Conley Jr., and it just wasn't enough. So the franchise is, is clearly going to make moves uh, this offseason. It's reminiscent to me of when, you know, Ainge took over the Celtics. And at that unit, right, that Celtics team also ran its course with Pearson Walker. I know them well, obviously, as we all know them from Boston. And I remember they got swept by the Nets in round two. And this was 04, 03 maybe. You know, they just made the conference finals the prior year. The Nets got better. They were still good. The the, the Celtics didn't do anything to really improve themselves. And, you know, they, they played the Nets in, in round two and they got spanked. And that was telling you, like, they're just not there. They're in the second tier. They're below. And, you know, Ainge... And it's hard. When you're a second-round team and you kind of hit the the limit, right? And you saw this with when uh, when Hinky was with the Sixers, which is why he went for the rebuild. And the Celtics said it too. You have no assets. Your 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 best players are at the prime, so now's the time to move them. And you're on that fork of the road. Sixers rebuilt at that time with Hinky. Celtics did with Ainge, and, and he replenished, and he was able to get you know the stars and all the, those assets that led to the 2008 title team. Right, but it took years. So I think this Kings team is going to rebuild, and I, I really do feel Mitchell is going to have the value in a deal. And I think the four pick is up for grabs. And 
it depends who's there, but I think if there's a chance at a Jaden Ivy, you look through the draft. This is a kind of intermingling both you know Lotto and and doing something on Utah, right? I, I think Orlando and OKC are going to do a staring contest for the number one pick. They're looking at a staring contest. Here's what I mean. Orlando knows OKC really wants Chet. And I think OKC knows that Orlando actually prefers Jabari Smith. Let's look at both. Why for Orlando? I think Orlando's fixated on on having this, like, starting lineup that they want to fill long-term. So they have their guards, right? It's Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, who they just drafted. They have their big and Wendell Carter Jr. They signed him long-term. He had a great year last year. And they have a four, Franz Wagner. Jonathan Isaac's a big question mark. They need another wing. So Jabari Smith, they see as this lengthy wing. I think they really want him. I do feel Smith's their guy. Uh, I think they'll accept Chet, but Smith's their guy. So OKC knows. OKC goes, great, take Smith. You fall Chet in our lap. Now, OKC has all the assets. They would totally move picks, whether it's 2-12, and 2-in-future and picks. They have too many assets, right? They would definitely move up to get one. But they're not going to waste assets for nothing. So why do anything? So if I'm Orlando, and the reason why they want Chet, first of all, is I think Orlando should take Chet. Again, I said this on the last pod. He's an unequivocal number one. Unequivocal. So if I'm Orlando and you want Jabari Smith, I would take the gamble and I would just draft Chet and see what OKC came up with. And at worst... I get two and anything, like any type of asset. Well, that's better. And plus I pay less, right? The rookie scale is going to be lower. So, yeah, I I think it's a no-brainer. But, um, so who knows? I think they're in a steering contest. Let's see who who emerges smart. For Orlando, smart, just take Chet and get um, any kind of asset you can um, from OKC. But you got to behave like you really want Chet. I'd probably settle for 2-12. and 12. That's a good settle if you're Orlando. Get another wing at 12, double down, boom. Back to Utah. I, I do think the following the following trade to me makes way too much sense. And you might say the value's not there. I think it's there. Davian Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, and the number four pick for Donovan Mitchell. That's it. Make it nice and clean. Why does Utah do this? Again, if Ivy's there at four, it's a decent if. If Ivy's there at four, then you can roll with, um, you know, Ivy's your future guard. And then I think the other guys are movable. Connolly is going to be movable. Bards is movable at the deadline. A lot of people wanted him. You could showcase him a little bit. And it keeps you still, you know, somewhat competitive, interesting, right? Uh, and then I think Utah is going to make, they do that move. They probably try to move Gobert as well. And then next year is a take year. And then you, you you know, you, you hope to rebuild from there. But yeah, I, I do think they're going to try to do a quick, he'll try to do a quick rebuild. But, you know, getting Ivy is going to be big for Utah. I, I, I do see that uh, occurring. And I think the people are going to make the Moran comparison. There's a chance Keegan Murray goes three to Houston, by the way. Which would suck for Detroit at five, but 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 I digress. That's the so anyway, we decide, we went all the, down this Utah rabbit hole because we're talking about how the how Dallas I'm trying to re, retract my steps here. Uh, 
Dallas had a uh, had a had a quick uh, had the easier road, let's say, to the conference finals. Um, and then yeah, so then looking at Phoenix, I think Phoenix, and we talked about this, I think, a few pods ago. Phoenix is a very uh, susceptible team. You know, again, they were they're, the sense of entitlement is is absolutely insane, right? They acted like they won the title, right? They, now, granted, they won a lot of games this year, but um, the road to the championship is is overrated, and they, they I think it's one of the luckiest teams in terms of like playing teams that got injured. Do they even get? Do they get? You know, do they get out of round one last year? Davis went down. Okay, so they get lucky there. They play the Clippers. You know, Paul George is out. I mean, come on, Kawhi is out. Um, they play the Jazz. Connolly's out. They didn't play a healthy team. And and look, Milwaukee. You know, they they lose to Milwaukee. So that team is not a contender. I mean, they're a contender, but they're they're not that close. And they act alike. They they've been there for years. So yeah, they got a bit exposed, and you know, look, good job by Dallas. I think, kind of punched them in the mouth. I think they took Dallas for granted, and Dallas, you, you know, Dallas just needs one game where, where people get hot, and that's what happened. But I, I do think Golden State's probably going to smoke them in this series. Um, Golden State's a, a, a battle tested team. They're not going to want to give Luca any inch, and I think they take care of this in five. Uh. To Boston, Miami. I'm going to go back to the lotto and, and trades and things like that. Uh, Celtics Heat series. So Celtics get, you know, they lose in game one, bad second half. Again, I think there's a big talent gap in this series. And everyone's already, you know, coronating Butler. Butler's good. I don't think he makes up for this talent gap. And as a betting man... The price isn't great, right? Celtics to win at five is ten to one. It would not shock me if the Celts win the next four. Now they probably won't. I'm going to say Celts in six, and it goes the classic way, where the teams split in Miami, and they'll split in Boston, and it's two two going back to Miami. But I think then the Celts take the next two. And I just think though they went on the edges. They went on the Grant Williams edge, the Derek White edge. But granted, again, Marcus Smart and Horford have got to play this series, so we'll see how that pans out. Robert Williams being back is huge. Gave you 18-9 on, on his game back. He was super amped to be there. Looks really strong. You have Williams throwing, you throw Williams and stretches at Horford, that's great. Um, and I think Boston Golden State as a playoff series would be fantastic for the NBA. Would be really good. But again, like, People get this misconception that making the conference finals means you're the second best team in the conference and everything like that. That's my issue with Dallas, my issue with Miami. I don't think Miami is the second best team. Milwaukee is. And in the West, I think Memphis, you know, is better. And I think watch out for Minnesota next year. Because of the coach. Alright, going back to the lottery now. I'm gonna go through players and situations. So, thinking out loud, the three pick is fascinating. So we talked about Smith Chet. That's definitely going to be the one-two order. And again, it's a blinking contest. Who stares? Who no? Who blinks first? In terms of who goes one, I think it should be Chet. I think he's such an unequivocal number one. You just got to grab him. But Orlando really wants Smith, and I actually think 
part of the magic were kind of annoyed they got the number one pick. I'm going to make this call. I think Orlando would have probably preferred getting the second pick in the draft. I know it sounds crazy. Because then there, there's also this notion like you don't want to bust. You don't want to make a bust. And while they don't want Chet, they don't want to be in a position where they could have had Chet. I think it's going to be a bad look on, on them. It's just going to be uh, an, an awkward... Uh, An awkward look. So, I, I so I'm going to say, look, most likely Smith goes one, check goes two, which is insane. Orlando's going to want Smith. I just, I don't think they're. I, I think they just draft the guy. I think they're, if they play chicken, Orlando's not going to want to take the risk. And then they got to negotiate. You don't want to make a move to make a move. So fine. So you're going to take Smith goes one because of because Orlando check goes two. The third pick is up for grabs for me. I mean, so Bancaro. Here's my take. I think the concept of the dead power forward, how the power forward's been dead for years, is and should scare Houston. All right? I I, I think, granted, they're going to take the best player available and all that, and that's their motto, and they want good character guys, what have you. I think Keegan Murray's going to start moving up and, and, and excite people. And I think Keegan Murray could be the guy. People are going to look at Scotty Barnes, and they're going to see him at Keegan Murray. They always do these comparisons, right? John Morant, right? John Morant, Jaden Ivey. They're not going to take Ivey. They have they have Green. They need to further develop. They have Porter Jr. still there, so they have a lot of craziness in their backcourt. You don't need Ivey. But I think they're going to want to get kind of more of a surefire guy, and Keegan Murray is going to be there. And that's going to throw the whole draft off. Because if Keegan Murray's there, and you don't take Paolo Boncaro, now I think Sacramento, and with Danny Ainge potentially trying to do a deal there, now I don't think the Kings take Boncaro. I don't think you have Boncaro and Sabonis together. You don't, you know, he can't shoot. That's going to make, I mean, he can shoot a little bit, but he's going to make people nervous. The Blake Griffin comparisons don't actually help him. Because you need a specific team around that. So now he goes four, okay? So I'm going to say Keegan Murray is going to be this guy that emerges in this draft, right? Are you kidding me? He goes, I think Keegan Murray is going to go three to Houston. I think as scouting and all this advances, Boncaro's the guy that could drop in this draft. And again, like, it could be one of these things where we're, we're making too big of a deal of it. And then he could he could be like, you guys were wrong the entire time. I mean, he's, a, he's an absurd talent, but he needs to be with kind of a spacing five a little bit. So if Keegan Murray goes three, Ivy's going four, right? But the Sacramento, Sacramento, I don't think, passes up on him. They draft him. They probably look for a suitor. If not, then, you know, they'll play him. And then maybe the, 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 and then Fox is going to be on the target, you know, all that. But I think they draft him. So now what the hell do you do if you're Detroit at five? You have the worst spacing team in the league. Okay? You can go a couple different routes here. Here's my take. You could draft Boncaro, make him a small ball five. You could go Boncaro, Grant, Bay, Cade. I'm not throwing Hayes in there. I got I to gotta sign a shooter. But 
There's a world you just have a lot of talent, and, and you do that, and, and that works, right? And then your five becomes your offensive guy, and you hope to get defense out of your one through four. So Akira's not going to do it at the five. It's not a bad route, okay, uh, if you're Detroit at five to do that. But, you again, you need a shooter. Now, Matherin's there, and I don't know. Do I really take Boncaro over Matherin? That becomes a tough call for me. If I'm Detroit, I really need spacing. I would have loved Keegan Murray in this pick. I'm going to take another guy who needs the ball and stuff. I can see them taking Matherin if they want to play, you know, Cade and Matherin together and, and all that. That's going to be a tough guy to pass on. So Matherin could go five. Now, Boncaro, does Portland take him at six? Again, so Portland, I think, if that's the situation, Boncaro falls there, you got to figure someone's going to trade. And, you know, or if you're Portland, do you feel like, you know, this guy could work with Dame Lillard? It's so weird, the whole Lillard thing, right? Can Boncaro fall there? Well, again, 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 they don't have bigs. Can you go Lillard, you hope to sign Levine, and then you hope Boncaro's really the real deal? It, it's possible. It's not a bad play. It is work with Nurkic. But, I don't know. Boncaro's got a chance of falling because, again, if you're Portland in that situation, you probably trade and then, and then maybe someone takes Sharp. All right? New Orleans definitely is not going to take him. They have way too many forwards. Zion, Giannis is going to be a big, right? Um, and, again, they, they probably trade as well. And, and then Sharp is, is going to move up, right? That's another thing you start considering. So... That's 8-9, right? I mean, you hear me out here, right? 9, San Antonio. San Antonio is probably not is probably going to take him. He doesn't go past San Antonio, right? Like, that's that's crazy. They need a big. Keller Johnson's their only guy. Like, I think I think they take it. But what I'm calling right now, I, pa- Paolo Boncaro falls in the draft, okay? Um, you know, I think there's a chance Houston passes on him. There's a chance Detroit passes on him. And I think he's the guy that falls. Do I think he's not going to be good? I think he could be good. But he's going to need a spacing five. Those are not easy to get. You know, again, like, or he can play him a small ball five, which I think is interesting, but it's also going to expose him. It's just it's just risky is all. It's a bit it's a bit risque. And, you know, overall, right now my early thinking is, is he falls. And... I, I think, well, you know, well, we're going to have more, more of these and see what they're about. This right is, is Boncaro's going to fall. That's my call.